0: Welcome to Normal Mapping, Episode Ninety Eight. I'm your host M. With me is my regular co-host Jackson. Hello, and with us is a special guest, Cassie.
1: Hi, it's me, Cassie. Hi.
0: Hello. Um, Hi. Y- you brought us a video game to play uh, this month, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but before that, uh, Jackson, have you been playing anything that isn't uh, isn't Zelda? Um. Yeah. Yes, I have. <laughs> would you like to share with the class? Uh,
2: um, yeah, it's not... I won't talk about the thing that everyone, I guess, will expect, because I've mentioned that everywhere else. Uh, but I've got weird... I've got into Sudoku this month. Uh,
0: uh, video Game Janai. <laughs>
2: video Game what? Jani, but it, What system yes? is that on? Uh, that is on iPad. Oh, cool. <laughs> Um, cause then I can just tap it in bed. Um, which I I wasn't gonna bring up, but I realized uh, while while we were doing Zelda, uh, this month, uh, I just they invented actual logic puzzles that are like the video games I like, but you can do them in thirty minutes in bed. They're great. <laughs> uh, so that's that you know, uh, realizing that I can just get into Sudoku to get logic puzzles and not uh play bad video games all the time. Um, trying to scratch that itch is cool. Uh. So that was fun. It's been fun. I don't know. I don't have any, like, hot takes on the quality of Sudoku other than, oh yeah, I
0: like puzzles, I guess. Uh, You also played through Death Stranding.
2: I also played through Death Stranding.
1: I had a Sudoku question.
2: Yes, hello? Yes? Um, (laughs) Cassie, Sudoku question? uh,
1: Are there, like, advanced Sudokus, like, with bigger grids and stuff? Have you looked into that?
2: Uh, Bigger grids is not really the way they get more advanced. Um it's it tends to be more with differing uh like qualifications for the cuz the the nine numbers is like key to the form so making the grids bigger doesn't really change it it's more like okay so instead of having numbers that will give you we'll have like weird arbitrary rules of everything in this shape has to add up to this number it's like adding maths into it oh. uh, is how the how the comp- complexity of um Sudoku guys. Just adding arbitrary rules to figure out the logic of it. I don't know. It's interesting. It's fun. Anyway, (laughs) that's enough of that. There Uh, are Sudoku variants that
0: do have larger sizes. Um, At that point, it becomes a very different style of game. Uh, Yeah. Because you'll you'll find ones that have like letters and numbers, or you know ones that are overlapping nine by nine squares. Uh, If you just go to the Wikipedia page for glossary of Sudoku, you can see all sorts of variants. Most of them seem like they would not be particularly fun because they're too advanced. But (laughs) Um, you know the the actual the actual difference is how many clues they give you versus the minimum required to create a like generate an actual solution. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem with Sudoku is if you get bad Sudoku books um that are not well put together you'll get puzzles that offer like you will do all the logic and it will actually be airtight and there will just be a point where you're just gonna have to guess that's a bad sudoku puzzle um, yeah yeah that happens from time to time yeah uh, i went down this hole after brain age came out and i realized sudoku uh, <laughs> was good
2: <laughs> yep i I also played some during brain age uh years but i was you know 14 when brain age happened so i'd get really uh, into
0: ken ken Oh
2: yeah, it's time. I need to get into Picross as well. I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, I played Death Stranding. <laughs> yeah, congratulations! A lot of it. You finished it. I played all of Death Stranding in a week.
0: If people Don't want spoiler that. talk on that, it's not going to be here. You'll have to go to Voip Life, the most recent yes. one. We did talk about that
2: uh, at length we did talk about the spoilers, which we can't mention here. How did you? How uh, do you? How did you like Death Stranding? How about that? How did I like Death Stranding? Well. um... I liked it when it was hiking. I liked the hiking simulator part. I think it's a very interesting game uh, about walking. uh, And if it was more about walking, it would be fantastic. But it's not. It has bad stealth and combat sections and a terrible story. Uh, And that's kind of where I am with Death Stranding. Uh, i think that the moments where you're just walking around and carrying uh you know carrying the packages across uh a fake iceland that is technically america for because you know he wanted it to look like those movies <laughs> uh that's really good um that's that's really cool and interesting uh and do, like they turned the bad parts of every open world game into the entire video game, but in a way that's like, okay, we're gonna solve this. How do we make the part where most open world games is going from one objective marker to the other objective marker uh, and just delivering stuff to places? How do we make that the actual game and make it good? And like, I think uh, that they did a good job at actually interrogating that and making that interesting. Um, the problem is uh, there; it doesn't go far enough in like how it simulates that. I wish that they didn't have all the combat stuff. Um, I wish that it was slightly more simulated and less like... Less like the, the combat encounters that are all like programmed in the plot. So it's not like you look at the map and you can go... So, for example, you see... Um, you walk around and you get attacked by these ghosts and the ghosts only appear where the rain is, right? Uh, and so you put on your game design hat and you go, okay, then uh, at some point there will be a mechanic where I can see where the rain's going to be and I can plan my route as to like, all right, I'll be here, but if I leave at this time, then at this time, 10 minutes into the journey, the rain will have moved to here, so I need to go in this direction. Doesn't really get into that because the rain stays where it needs to be because that's where the designated combat area is. Uh, I think it would be better if that stuff was more like simulated uh, and less like designed. This is where you're going to fight the ghost now. Um it's just not that kind of game. Uh, but I do think that's the strength of it. Uh that's, that's me being very nice to Death Stranding. I think the story's fucking terrible. Uh but I'm not gonna really talk about that here. Uh, you know, it's if you it's bad in all the ways MGS five is bad. Uh and some other ways as well. Uh, if you don't like Kojima's bullshit, you won't be sold here. It kind of intrudes on the nice walking game. Uh
0: fair enough. Cassie, have you played anything that isn't Zelda lately?
1: Um. Yeah, I've been playing a few things. I picked up a Switch Lite along with the um, the Zelda game for my birthday earlier this month. So oh, nice. Um, that was very nice. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Dark Souls on Switch. I've been playing a little bit of Minecraft and being frustrated with that. And um, there's this software music program called Korg um, gl- uh, glitch. It mean, Gadget, Korg Gadget. And I've been playing around with that. It's pretty cool. I like making songs in that.
0: How is that as like an experience for music creation?
1: Um, I I think uh it gives you like a good tool set to sketch out some really nice ideas. You're not going to finish anything within that program itself, but I think um if you want, like, a portable, like, digital audio workstation, you know, something to do that with, and you already have a Switch, I mean, it's worth it, I think. Okay. And it's a lot nicer than doing it on the stylus, because the same developers put out Cork um, M01D on the 3DS, and stylus. all stylus controls are kind of frustrating on that.
0: Uh, that makes sense. uh let's see have i been playing anything no i don't think i've booted a single video game in the month since we've (laughs) recorded the thing i did do is watch a bunch of metal gear solid 5 uh chip cheeson's lp which is recently finished i'm not done with it but i'm getting very close um which has been interesting because uh if you're a longtime listener, you know that I'm the one who introduced Jackson to Metal Gear, but then refused to watch, experience any of it after people were talking <laughs> about five being terrible. Um, and now I'm here. Uh, now that the Kojima discourse is quieted down, never to be heard from again, I decided it was time to get back into Metal Gear and watch Peace Walker, which uh, was. Uh, a very interesting game that I would not have enjoyed playing, but liked watching until it ended and the rest of it happened. Um, yeah. And, then, and now I'm through five, which is a game that like the systems are really interesting. It's not a game. I, It's not a game style. I'm interested in playing ever. I rec, I can recognize that it is a fun one of those while understanding that it's not for me. Uh, The part where there's not much of a video game on top of it is uh, disappointing. And the writing, of which there's a lot of, uh, is all very, very bad. Um, (laughs) Which has been a a strange collapse at the finish line of Metal Gear, right? Yes. Uh, Because it's supposed to be, it's the easiest concept in the world. You just have to close the circle that is the Metal Gear timeline. You just need to get naked snake to big boss you're like right this guy's gonna walk right in and be the bad guy of metal gear solid or metal gear and they don't they don't do it they don't finish the loop (laughs) no um partially because that's not really what kojima's interested in anymore which is fine but also because the writing's not there and the game's unfinished which is less fine yep um Uh...
2: Metal Gear been collapsing at the finish line for a full decade. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, you're right. You're right but, uh, it's, it's, my main reaction to Metal Gear Solid 5 is extreme disappointment that this is where Metal Gear ended. Yes. What a mess um, we made when it all went wrong he said it he said it for all of us yes the uh, part
2: where metal gear is shit now is a central theme of metal gear really annoys me because i feel like kojima just turned in games that were like the video game equivalent of uh you know when a creative writing student does a story about a creative writing student not knowing what to write for their story yes um, it's cheating you can't just make that a part of the themes
0: well he did god
2: <sighs> <laughs> could Jeez. just make the game good. You could just make the game good. He could not. Well, now he's made a game about how they kidnapped
0: his baby. Yep. Yeah. And that one's also bad, so there you go. <laughs> that <laughs> that <one's also> bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Rip. Uh, Did you anyway. think you
1: all play Survive?
2: Jack yes. played Survive. Uh oh, that's the thing I probably should note. Uh Metal Gear uh Survive and Death Stranding are the same game. Uh, They are the same game. They are not, like, identical, but they are, like, pulling from the same design document to a point where I have to assume that parts of Death Stranding were just, like, conceptually, at least, in the works, like, while uh, the Konami situation wasn't what it was. Uh, Because they are building in, like, such specific directions. So you've got, like, navigating environments where, uh, when the, like, fog comes, the misty fog if you will. Oh, oh yeah. Everyone's favorite. <laughs> the Misty, Misty Fug. Fug
0: Yeah.
2: Uh the Misty Ferg, the zombies arrive, uh and you have to navigate it around them, but they also drop the MacGuffin crystals, which you can use for time travel. That's in both games. Um You don't time uh, travel in
0: Death Stranding though, right?
2: No, but the no, it's not necessary. well it's this isn't the, the twist, but the time travel is it's more that time works differently on the beach, so oh, that they right, are magic right. time particles uh but it's not a time travel game in the same way survivors uh spoilers for medical survive sorry <laughs> um <laughs> so they've got that and then it's all about like navigating uh a, a landmark uh navigating a landmass through space you don't understand fight figuring out the like quickest routes to landmarks that you can see in the distance through like just there's a visible thing uh, you know that they designed the cities in Death Stranding to be like, oh, I'm coming over the hill and I can see the big uh, wind turbine. I know, that's the wind farm. Uh, and Death Stranding is more about, the, uh, Metal Gear Survive is more about the like lights. They put like green lights that you can kind of see through the misty fog. Um, and that's how you navigate your way through the space. But it's definitely similar in concept. Also, they're both about weight management and survival mechanics. Like, they're the same game. It's, it's wild. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I like Metal Gear Survive just fine I think it falls apart because it doesn't have enough money uh, and the microtransaction stuff like really like feeding the survival mechanics into making you pay when they could just make it interesting and holistic is a shame but I do think the concepts of that game are really interesting and good um, and it's not like a bad game it's like you know a team in a bad company in a bad situation trying to make something interesting Uh, and the way it got it got completely shit on whereas people like Kojima's invented a new genre uh, really upsets me I think that the Metal Gear fan should be more understanding
0: they aren't they aren't
1: about him inventing the stealth genre or the walking sim like whatever death stranding is
2: oh the the strand genre oh Which, I, yeah i don't know I, I don't know i don't know why he get, i his public comments are wild he made another one that's like i I was I think it was like let me actually let me let me find the direct quote. He made another one like 2 days ago. There was a direct quote that said, "Restarted from zero just like the naked Sam stranded on the beach. I had nothing, but I only had a connection. Tracing the connection, crossing the rivers and the mountains, I made the solid knot with many supporters. <laughs> Connected DS and users, players yeah. each other and the outer world. He made the solid knot with many supporters." <laughs> yeah, he sure did. <laughs> Uh, anyway i'm done i can't i can't go down this road any longer sorry Uh, thank you for that problem (laughs) you're welcome
0: okay uh with that we're not going to talk about kojima ever again on this podcast uh and look forward to us talking about Kojima next month during our Game of the Year deliberations. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll bleep
2: him out every time. He'll be Uh, like Bioshock Infinite.
0: Yeah, um, but we're here to get to our game, so let's get some music, and then we're going to come back with some Zelda.
2: month game club is the Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, uh, brackets in on the Wikipedia page, 2019 video game. It is the Switch remake of the Link's Awakening uh, developed by Grezzo, the original obviously developed by Nintendo in 1993. Uh, this the, the Wikipedia page says directed by uh, Mikiharu Oiwa, uh, I will go to the original page to find out the actual credits for the original. Yes, okay. It, it was it was Tezuka who did this one. Yes. Takashi uh, Tezuka. Because uh, uh, Miyamoto left the room and they made one of the liveliest and most beautiful Zelda games. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, is what happened.
2: Originally from 1993 on the Game Boy, was re-released in 1998 on the Game Boy Color uh, with a new dungeon. And then the Switch version is... Now 2019 new graphics uh keeps the color dungeon takes out the photo mode from the um we'll talk, uh, about, uh, it. We'll talk dungeon, about it from the color dungeon but you know Look, I'm just I'm just given I'm just giving the given the broad concept uh the broad the, the very broad plot premise is that uh Link is caught in a storm and he washes up on an island uh where he can't escape the only way to escape is to wake the windfish and that is the uh, who is like in an egg on top of a mountain the specifics of the plot are obviously going to certain directions and we'll be talking about the whole thing but that is on the face of it the broadest premise of the game
0: that
1: is correct I agree
0: <laughs> uh, so Cassie why did you pick this game?
1: So, um, to give a little backstory, you know, I'm, I grew up playing games all my life, and due to moving around a lot and kind of having like shitty caretakers sometimes, uh, the only thing I could really hold on to for sure were like portable consoles. And I loved the Game Boy; I had it for a long time. And Zelda was just one of those games that I picked up and just latched onto, I guess. Um, it's my favorite game of all time, and I'm probably gonna be playing it for the rest of my life, uh, occasionally. Uh,
2: it's a good game to be your favorite game of all time. This is one of the best. Uh, Jackson, you
0: played this game
2: how many years ago at this point? Oh, how many years ago? I'm gonna go ahead and take a guess and say it was 2016.
0: Okay. Uh, while you were going through all the Zeldas, uh, you can find (laughs) the first two of those on our YouTube channel, right?
2: Yeah, so I played Link to the Past in 2013, yes, uh, twenty thirteen. Yes, we did that for early a
0: podcast, a very early and abnormal mapping. If you go into the archives, uh, the yes. game gallery has been updated. By the way, if you just go to uh, the webpage bestgame.club, you can go to uh, the game list and scroll down to where you hit links, uh, Link to the Past. Yeah, uh, it's
2: all the way at the bottom. Uh, so we played that, and I, I was not ready. Um, like, I, I just didn't enjoy it. Uh, I did, had not, was not ready to adjust from only having played 360 games for the last seven years. Uh, but then I went back a few years later, played uh, the original Zelda, played a little bit of Zelda 2, not too much because it's too hard for me, but just enough to, like, understand. Um, then I replayed Link to the Past, had a great time, and then moved on to Link to Awakening. Uh, and I thought it was, like, utterly fantastic um, uh, when I played it in 2016. Uh, it was the first Zelda game that I never used a guide for. Uh, actually that's not true i used a guide for the eagles tower dungeon when i got stuck but i didn't like you know, for a to the past and for the original zelda definitely i made sure i was following a guide mm-hmm. uh, whereas this is a much smaller game uh the overworld is much easier to hold in your head uh and it was it was just excellent it was like a really warm really good interesting game uh and i had a fantastic time playing it uh emulated on my pc Which is how I how I played it for the first time, Mm -hmm. and coming back to it, I've also had a fantastic time. Uh, The game is still the game. I have some like uh, some some problems with the remake. uh, Some of them more substantial than like you know. Some of them are actual problems. Some of them are more just me being nitpicky. uh, But. You know, it's one of the best video games. I think that the um, like design of all the, the it's got some fantastic dungeons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that coming off of Link to the uh, Link to the Past, one of my main reactions to Link's Awakening is that the feel is much better and the combat is much better than Link to the Past, um, which is a weird. I feel like it's a, that's a strange opinion, but it definitely comes from me playing a lot of Zelda One, and I like the immediacy of like the sword hits in this. Mm-hmm. Link to the Past is a more floaty game for like for the era. Uh, and this is like your sword goes in one direction this way that's how slashes work you can do it in this way and the remake preserves that feel uh, I, I don't remember if the um, if you can move diagonally in the original you can I assume you okay you can. yeah okay um, so, so yeah it keeps all that feel exactly uh, and I think the dungeons are better than like the past dungeons uh, hmm. and the Overworld feels also like a big dungeon, because it's so small you can hold it in your head. Um, there's a lot of, you know, I mean, Link's bus has as well, but, uh, I really enjoyed the progression of the Overworld and the, like, unlocking different dungeons. Uh, it was was just a fantastic game. I've rambled, sorry. No, it's fine.
0: Uh, I do not remember a time in my life before playing this game. Uh, the original came out when I was eight, so there's definitely a part where I didn't own this game, but I just remember it throughout my entire childhood. Uh, I played the original Game Boy game probably ten times easily, because I would just, you know, start it over and beat it in a weekend, because it's, it's easy to do um, when yes. you know where everything is. And uh, I have played the Color 1, like, maybe two or three times. Uh, once originally, and then the 3DS version, which I played through before, um, is the color, is DX, the Color Remake. Um, but then uh, getting this was a nice chance to revisit, because I haven't revisited since around the time you were playing, I think I, is when I did my last replay um and that was great um i still really like this game it's pro it's pretty it almost has to be my favorite 2ds i'll let it think about that I tend to separate them out because i want very different things from each of them mm-hmm. um That's fair. i think this exists in an interesting trans- transition period where it's very clear to me ocarina of time owes a lot of its like thoughts about level design from things that they're doing in this game um mm-hmm. which is really interesting uh, it you know it introduces a lot of stuff in Zelda like the trading quests that go on to be part of every game going forward. Um, oh, after the, every time, do I? Yeah, basically. I mean, oh, uh, they stop being required, but they are in. Okay, uh, Fair you enough. have to do you have to do like the first half of the Ocarina of Time one, and then you can stop, but you do have to do some of it. Yeah, and you do get you do get uh, something I, really I, nice at the end of that quest. But I will do that. Uh, it, it's interesting because I'm like, this is fine,
2: but I can't can't imagine doing this with like a massive Skyward Sword type world.
0: Uh, I did not play enough Skyward Sword to be able to answer that. Um yeah, I would not fair. describe Skyward Sword's world as massive either, so you know.
2: I know the game's fifty hours long, so yeah, that's, all I that's mean. not
0: because the world is big.
2: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh,
0: anyway. Um so yeah, a lot of experience in this game. Uh famously, of course, this game was originally supposed to be a remake of uh Link to the Past on the Game Boy. Um they were working on that, decided to just make a new thing instead. Um you know, they worked on it like the the remake was being worked on basically like in evenings, just like a, you know, side project, see if we could get this done. And then when they decided to make a new thing, they just went whole hog on it, um, created a game uh, famously inspired by Twin Peaks, but mostly in the sense that there is a small town and everyone seems kind of sketchy was the justification of why they think of Twin Peaks. And they think of that, um, but uh because of that this game has a reputation for its like mysteries and stuff um and uh i think that's warranted uh because it's such a small world uh you know it has like a battery you're not playing it all at once like it has a battery save and everything um which is not a guarantee on game boy um (laughs) You, you, it's just one of those things you chip away at, and there is a mystery there, and it's revealed, and it's good. Uh, that stuff is all really interesting. Uh, but then this ends up really uh, defining a lot of Zelda stuff. And uh, Onuma described this as like the first Zelda game with a proper plot, as like the quintessential isometric Zelda experience. Like, he's big on it, even though he wasn't really involved. Um, and uh, likes it a lot, and this game is uh, a fave. It also has a bunch of nods to other Nintendo stuff of the era in it, which is yeah. interesting and cool. Uh, which just adds to the like unreality to it being so weird, and also having like two D sections where you're, you know, uh, side on doing jumps on platforms and Goombas and stuff. Uh, yes, not the first Zelda game to do it, but the last Zelda game to do it. <laughs>
2: I like that they've tried to remake Link to the Past twice and made two games that people find like very interesting and good. Where they've, where they tried to remake Link's Awakening once, uh, twice I guess, and just remade it twice.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> which I think speaks to how good Link's Awakening I is. I don't think I would go so far as to call DX like a remake. Oh sure, but, but I I just when I I meant to say once,
2: uh, yeah. but uh, I remember the other thing happened. It's the third release of Link's Awakening, and they have never act- I guess they did put Link's Wake- uh, Link to the Past out on the four-, four Swords, wasn't it?
0: Yes. It's the same game, though, other than Link has a voice clip where he goes, Yeah, every time he swings a sword now. <laughs> oh, right. That's the thing with Four Swords. <laughs> yes. I have played through that version a couple times. It's still a pretty good version. Link to the Past, also a good game. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh,
1: four Swords or Four Swords Adventures? Aren't those two different things?
0: Yeah, it's one the, of those on the game Bo- GameCube the, the Game the game Boy Advance is uh, Link to the Past Plus Four Swords Adventures I, I don't mm-hmm. know, I didn't okay. play the Four
1: Swords part oh, Okay, you were talking about the GameCube one maybe?
0: No, I was talking about
2: The Game, Bo- the game Boy Advance Oh, one, I got the,
1: confused, sorry
2: Because the, the, the cartridge comes with Link to the Past cause I know the Four Swords part is only multiplayer In that, and yes. that's why they
1: did that Oh, okay, sorry for the mix-up No, it's okay uh, the 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 game is
0: titled A Link to the Past and Four Swords.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you, Nintendo. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, so yeah, this is uh, you know, one of those classic games. I think it's probably the best 2D Zelda, but I could I could hear arguments for Minish Cap. Uh, I would listen to that. Uh, before we get too deep talking this game, this game did have two. Not quite sequels, but, like, games that were designed out of this engine that Capcom made, which is Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. I've gotten a couple hours into each and never finished them, so I don't have the affection for them people do. I know that they are well regarded, uh, but please don't send in emails telling us to play the Oracle games. I've tried, and I don't know if I'm going ever going to now, but they seem cool.
2: I will attempt them when I go through the series.
0: Yeah.
1: I've played them all the way through. They're pretty good. They're good? Yeah. Um... Uh, I like, one of them's more puzzly and the other is more action-y, so I feel like if you tend to, you know, lean towards one way or another via Zelda game- gameplay, I mean, you have a good choice.
0: Yeah. I will be playing the puzzle one first.
1: Oracle of Ages, <laughs> uh, Interestingly
0: enough, playing both, I think you're gonna like the action one more, Jackson. Okay. Because I think it's a little more Zelda 1-inspired, just generally. Oh, it is. I do is. like little Zelda one yeah, I, I am, I think, higher on Zelda 1 than you are, M. Yes, I don't like Zelda 1 much at all. Uh,
2: I, yeah, I like Zelda 1 a whole affair, but, but that is also because I had a guide taking me through the whole thing. I didn't need to burn that one bush.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway. Zelda 1's a great game. Anyway. uh, So it's, it's weird, because, like, talking about this game is just gonna, in my brain, just compresses all three versions into the same thing, uh, which is weird and difficult. like... Part of uh, uh, part of Link's Awakening, to me, is defined by, oh, you have to assign your weapons, so you, sometimes you're just not going to have a sword, and that's interesting, and this game totally does away with it, and I don't actually think I feel like I lost a whole lot, but it isn't, like that is fundamentally part of what I think of Link's Awakening with, which is interesting to me, going back yes.
1: to this. I like, did boot up... Uh, oh, sorry go go ahead i was gonna say i did boot up uh, uh *Links awakening dx uh earlier today and going back to those controls felt very weird because i was playing it on the 3ds and four face buttons and it was just like oh i only get to use two of these that's fine <laughs> it was interesting adjusting back
2: uh, yeah i i remember not having a real problem with that i think that it's um it would be unplayable if the new one was like that because the menus are so much slower. Like you can feel the weight of like modern video games. The menus don't move as snappily, uh, but the, the the Game Boy one has like extremely snappy menus in a way that I, I remember when they did the like GDQ run. They all the runners were talking about. Oh god, the menus in this are a godsend because you spend so much time in them. Uh, which is <laughs> a weird thing to remember. I do I do remember that from my playthrough as well. Is that you just you get very good at swapping everything out in like two button hits uh and that's that yes that is a big memory i have from the game um i think that you don't lose too much in the remake though i do think it's interesting like the things that they the things that are items and the things that are not like you can sprint whenever you can because you just press the button but you do have to always assign the hookshot uh because the hook shot you know that that's a, that's an item so you can't always get across the hookshot things without uh assigning the hookshot so it is it's interesting which things can and can't um Be changed. I never moved the jump off of uh, Y. I don't know if anyone else was the same.
1: Amen.
0: That's basically what I ended up doing,
2: also. (laughs) So I I only really had one slot because I always had the jump there.
0: It's really powerful. Like, this being the only Zelda game that gives you a jump in this, like, in a 2D plane, uh, and the game being designed around it being, like, the first item you get, so it's fundamental to the design of the world, means, why would you ever pick anything else now that you don't have to switch off a sword or a shield, or the running? Yep. Like, everything oh, else is a sub-weapon compared to being able to jump on over stuff.
2: I forgot the shield was
0: an item. <laughs> yeah. I was like, right, I played
2: most of Link's Awakening without a shield equipped. Yes. That's a whole different
0: world. Yeah. Um, which makes uh, the combat in this game, I feel like, much easier, other than um, the part where the game controls only with the stick, not the D-pad buttons. They don't do it. What are I so <laughs> doing? What am <are> I doing? <laughs> which I think makes controlling Link uh, uh, un, like unpurposefully much more difficult just because the Switch has got a bad controller. <laughs>
1: A thing I found frustrating is there is D-pad control in the fishing game, but not in the overworld. Oh, why did they add it there? It's Uh, yeah. That's that's all I have to say.
0: (laughs) Um, but then like there are the, the more interesting trade. offs like, this is based on the DX version seemingly in part because the color dungeon is there, which is an extra dungeon that was added to the DX release where you go in, you do some puzzles and then you get a red tunic that boosts your attack or a blue tunic that boosts your defense. And it trivializes that part of the game. Pretty much. It's pretty uh, generous. Um, and then if you get 40 seashells you get another du- attack doubling power <laughs> yeah so you can just have four times attack and i mean i you know game's not extremely difficult at the best of times other than uh they did not change it well they added bottles but fairies don't resurrect you from the bottles if you die without with a fairy in a bottle which is unfortunate because there was already an item that's like a salve that you put on that will resurrect you if you lose all your hearts um, yes. And they've added that in dungeons, in chests, like more frequently around the game. So, you know, generally giving you better uh, help. But the part where fairies and bottles don't do the thing fairies and bottles have done since Ocarina of Time or uh, Link to the Past, I think, also resurrects you uh, was surprising considering they added bottles exclusively to this version.
2: Yeah, uh, you have to remember to switch them out and actually activate them, which I I think I liked because I definitely got into the moments where I was like, oh shit, I'm about to die, but it does take a second to like, you know, for the animation to play, right? It's Mm -hmm. not, it's not just an instant heal. You do have to make space away from the boss when you're
0: getting worked. Yeah. Uh, The one bonus thing that isn't replicated in this (laughs) is DX has a photographer who comes around various parts of the island, uh, much like... The photographer in Earthbound and takes your pickles, yeah, and takes your picture, and then you could print those off originally with the Game Boy printer. Um, Obviously, that part's not replicated in like the 3DS version, but you know, you could still have a guy who takes your pictures and look at all the pictures. the The Switch has a screenshot button, uh, which means you could just post all those pictures to Twitter, which might be a good argument for removing it. To be fair, but I still miss it now that it's gone. (laughs)
2: Oh, you're right. I guess that is an argument that Nintendo would make to remove the photos because you could just post them. I hate because Nintendo. everyone would be
0: posting the same twelve photos because aren't that many of them. Right? Yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. they replaced him with some fucking garbage.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? The, the 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 um dungeon trials. The thing to make
2: the dungeon maker.
0: Oh yes, I was thinking of the uh, update to the crane game to give you a bunch of stuff you can put around town. Oh,
2: that thing's fine. That's that's nice. <laughs> yes, uh, I meant the dungeon maker, which goes in like the space of his heart is
0: terrible. Yes, the dungeon maker thing. I didn't even. I looked at it, messed with it like once. And I was like, this is not. This is not what I'm looking for. <laughs> because when they just- announced it, it was meant, to, it was uh, like people were like, is this gonna be like Mario Maker for Zelda? And I was like, absolutely not. They <laughs> they're not gonna make that, and it wouldn't be here if they did. <laughs> I don't think that thing's possible. I do not I do not think it's
2: possible to do that. Because mm. the the thing that makes Mario Maker work, right, is that a Mario level is in itself interesting. Whereas Zelda, you need the like context of everything in a row. And this doesn't even have the full dungeon context. This is just rooms and rooms and make sure keys line up with doors. Yeah, it's they're the rooms most from prior dungeons.
0: Like, they're all pre they right. are not, like, building rooms.
2: But, look, like, you can't put an item in a place that you need to get... Yeah. Because you can only use this item but you can only use it for after you collect it inside the dungeon which is like key to every Zelda dungeon ever.
0: Yeah. Um but yeah, they did change some of the uh mini games. Uh the crane game has physics which are a Hell. funny disaster. I found disaster, that a little yes. frustrating. They, yes, they're extremely frustrating. I do think it is funny every time I end up dropping something three times and get mad at the game. Uh, I understand why you would design that just to aggravate people. Um, and then you get cool statues you put around people's houses. Uh, graphically, one of the big changes is everyone's house is like uniquely set designed now based on their personality, which is amazing and good. The best part of the game, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um and the river mini game now has a extra like race for time feature, which is really fun. Uh, I actually really enjoyed that a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, and I think there was some like some light updates to the fishing game, but not like a ton compared to those two. So yeah. that's it in terms of changes. There's not a whole lot there. Like they made the game again. They made that one boss suck. Which boss? The one that doesn't work with the arrows anymore. Oh. Yes. the The sub boss to get to the face key to get in the face shrine has been changed. It is. It's basically a version. in Link to the Past, the first boss in the desert palace is six big knights. Uh, and this is one of them. Um, and it's much bigger, but it, it's only one. And originally, you're supposed to hit it with arrows. So that's how you beat the boss in that game. And in the original Link's Awakening, where arrows work as long as you don't hit the shield. In, uh, but also, there was a like trickier, easier way where you could just hit them with your spin attack and damage him. In this game, they took away the arrow part and allow you to just spin attack it. Uh, which makes it much harder uh, There is a sub-boss that was made much easier Which is the two spiders that go across the screen uh, They made the part where they open their eyes Happen much more frequently than the original Where they would just charge you a lot And that part was way harder originally. Oh,
2: okay, that make- explains a whole lot Why? Uh, those I remember those bosses Really giving me trouble before Yeah I'm looking. I'm looking at a change list
0: uh, from the Zelda Gamepedia. Oh, great! Um, yeah, if you have any others, shout them out. Seashell but, finder. Uh, yeah, there's seashell, seashell, seashell finder, finder. Um, which which also ties into the fact that there's way more seashells. Yeah. Which just means that, like, this game definitely, especially in the remake, there isn't like discrete screens in the same way, but every area has secrets. Like, the, the, not yes. no space is wasted. Which is nice. Absolutely. There's also a lot more heart pieces because you can get more hearts.
2: There's more heart pieces, Um, there's more uh, fast travel points, Um, yet not quite enough fast travel points. The adding more, I feel like, really reveals the places that they didn't add them. For example, right in front of the Eagle's Tower. I think I went through the Eagle's Tower only to find out I didn't have the bird key twice. Oh, goodness. Because I was, so I went, I went there once, not knowing, like not remembering. Okay, do I go this way? I just get to the end of this path. See when I get blocked off, and I'm like, okay, I need the bird key. And then I got the, the bird, but I didn't know where to take the bird. So I was like, do I take the bird? Will he unlock the bird key? But no. now I had to go underneath the hen house because there was that cave that I'd forgotten about. um because i took a whole week off of playing this game a week and a bit uh, to play both death stranding and have a very intense long birthday week my friend came over and like just what did not think about zelda once for about 10 days and everything had just gone <laughs> just the entire thing was gone uh, and obviously I, I got through it but this is a game that you want to play in one not not
0: like one sitting but definitely in one brain space one head yeah, space I played this in like three or four days and that was the yeah. right way to play it also all of it just burned into my brain forever anyway
1: <laughs> oh yeah
2: you're fine it's like Ninja Gaiden for me
0: yeah Um, Uh,
1: Speaking of being burned into your brain, how did you feel about the seamless map thing uh, in relation to like your old memory of the map? Like it not being segmented. I
0: think think the part where you can see other parts of the map way earlier is like really nice. It helps bring it into cohesion because there's like really hard like area transitions in the original game where if you're not like... If you don't remember that the desert comes off of, like, uh, the animal village, and they don't actually look like they should be right next to each other, but they are, uh, it's hard to, like, remember that. Um, But now you can just see that through the map stuff. Uh, The part where the game takes a frame rate hit every time you area transition, I understand it's not a big deal. I never stopped feeling like the game was slowing down, even though it's not actually, it's just, like, going from 60 to 30. It's not a big deal. This is gamer brain stuff, but it Mm -hmm. bothered me every time.
2: I think it's valid to say that's a bother because, like, it is game brain stuff, but our point is that this didn't happen on a Game Boy Color. Yes. Uh, yeah, this no. is like. <laughs> the,
0: like part where, it, uh, the part where the ideal version for me is probably still DX if I wanted to replay this game uh, is, like, part of it is nostalgia, right? Like, you're not, I'm never going to get away from my experience that this game is entirely based around playing it on a Game Boy. Um, right. But also, I think, like, the speed of the game part is missing out of this because there's the load times even if now i have the luxury of oh, i can switch i can put more items on my bar or whatever uh i don't know which one i'd rather get rid of i I guess i know my ideal version of this game would just be dx
2: with some more buttons yes that's just it that's just exactly the game i want someone Um, has
0: to have made the rom hack that uses four buttons but is dx oh
2: absolutely that has to exist right for an emulator (laughs) yeah Uh, i have i haven't looked for it but i you know there's no way it doesn't Mm mm-hmm
1: So I'm going to be the snob and say my favorite version is the original, and it's because it has the screen work glitch. Um, Are y'all aware of that?
0: Yes, I used to mess with that all the time.
2: (laughs) What is this? I I need to have my law filled in.
1: Um, the screen warp glitch, basically in the original version, the way it, I guess it's programmed or whatever. If you bring up the map scene as you're transitioning, instead of being on like going from the left uh, side of the last screen to the right side of the next screen, it just takes you right over to the other side of the screen. So it's like you warp across. Um, it's an easy way to cheat the game and get through a lot of stuff early, like a lot of roadblocks. And my favorite thing about it is. Um, they do that for the underworld too, like the dungeons. Um, there's a second map where all the dungeons and houses are laid out and you can just like explore that way as well.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I did. Okay. I didn't know partially about that cause I've seen it in speedruns. Yeah. Um, but it, it is definitely cool.
1: Um, yeah, there's I, definitely, a I definitely
0: have memory as a kid of using that glitch to just explore weird dungeon spaces. Um, not knowing like actually how it worked or what it did I could just replicate it just well enough and then end up hard locking the game all the time
1: <laughs> um yeah I was gonna say there's a really good um, let's play that shows that off it's um, I think it's by a youtuber named Mecha Prime it's uh, links awakening let's play and he uses that extensively and if you have an hour and a half I highly recommend it
0: okay yeah I'll have to check that out
2: yeah I would
1: definitely have a look at that
2: um, I'm looking at the Links Awakening uh, ROM hacks. There's a whole bunch. Uh, I don't think they. I think it would like require more inputs than the Game Boy has, so I think it would require much more work than just a ROM hack.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Because
2: uh, there's no there's no spare buttons you can like replace. Yeah. To make a new thing, yeah. so I don't think that's been done. But there is definitely like uh, hacks for the Game Boy version that remove like you know the text every time you get a power piece of power, which is not removed in this version. No. You do have to have it tell you what a piece of power does every time, and then the music changes every time.
0: Uh, every time I play the game, it just ends up me avoiding picking up those as much <laughs> yes! as possible. I picked them up
2: like, a couple times, and I'm like, oh, I'm right before a boss. This will be really helpful, because it'll still be there when I get to the boss. Yes. But going through dungeons, you never need them. Yeah.
1: I will always Especially, pick up the power triangle, but never the acorn. It, I hate the way it slows you down. Like, I like that you move faster with the power triangle, but every, the music is kind of annoying. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Ab- absolutely. Uh, the idea that anyone would ever take, like, the defense tunic is so
0: funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you have a hard time with the combat, you have a hard time with the combat, right? Yeah, but the if you have a hard time with the combat, what if everything died twice as fast? That's true. That's true. Um... But yeah. Um, we should probably talk about the story. We haven't talked about the story at all, and this is the Zelda game, the first Zelda game with a real plot. Anum himself said so. I, I think it has just as much plot as Link to
2: the Past, but uh, sure.
0: Link to the Past doesn't have as many characters you're reinteracting with and, like, building connections with, like...
2: I guess that's true. I guess it doesn't have, like, the and stuff. Yeah. It's got that. It's got, like, a couple characters and each of them you do one puzzle for and then go on. Yeah agonim
0: yeah marin uh, appears in way more of this than zelda does in a link to the past
2: in all three previous games yes <laughs> ganon's primary character development up until this point had been <laughs> 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 um but uh, yeah the story's cool it's it's a good game uh, I don't know what more to say, but like everyone has talked about how the game's a dream and it's handled really well, because it's not like a twist. Uh, like I mean, it's been sold for years as the game that is a dream. I feel like everyone even going in knows at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the game does get to the reveals, it's not like the, you know it's not anything that's surprising uh, it's just quietly handled in a very sad way and then the final cutscene is like watching everyone blink out of existence and it's very good
0: well yeah the reveal is that the bosses you've been fighting are all parts of the dream that just don't want to be erased when you wake up or wake up the wind right fish.
1: yes and they do call them nightmares the whole time so it does like carry that through line hmm yes
0: um but, but uh, then but then you take Marin to Animal Village where all the cute, cute animals live and she sings to a walrus who falls into the sea and the like character of this game is much oh, stronger uh than most Zeldas even like up through today.
2: It's delightful. Yeah. Um cuz yeah, it it is like interesting and off kilter in ways that are like that's where the obvious like Twin Peaks inspiration comes in. Um but I I just think it's handled really well and smart. Like it's it's you go to the animal village
0: and then we're supposed to see. I don't know, like you said, the thing. It's cute. It's good. I don't know what more you want from games. A a, a goat is catfishing a man living across the map <laughs> with a pictures of Princess Peach. Yes. Uh, which you help facilitate, and that man is from uh, from Sim City. Um, but yeah, I, like I think there's so much to be said about the like nature of the characters in this game, like the the kid who like all the kids in the first village who tell you stuff and like what does that mean i don't know i'm just a kid i like presage uh i like shorts are comfy and easy wear boy by six years and are just <laughs> as like full of character as that sort of stuff
2: the the one that um i remember the most is the rabbit that's like why can animals talk i don't fucking know i a rabbit yeah uh, <laughs> like same same dude i also don't have any philosophy about this i'm just a rabbit
0: Mm -hmm. also uh the one change i really like in the music which is mostly pretty just like straightforward is in animal village the theme is all like animal like sampling like barks (laughs) and meows it's very good
2: yes it's very good Uh, i thought the music was one of the best parts of the remake um, I think it is pretty straightforward, but not, you know, like I've heard orchestral versions of Tawtar Heights that are terrible.
0: Oh, yes. No, they, there's definitely choices made in the arrangement. Uh, it's not just we're going to make everything big and bombastic. Um, The thing that I think of is, like, when you compare it to specifically, like, the the choices made in Link Between Worlds in terms of the Dark World stuff being Mm. so musically, like, interestingly arranged, and then they also do stripped down, like, flute and guitar versions of all of the songs in the milk bar that you can go and listen to, Uh, this doesn't have quite that breadth of content. Um, That's
2: true. You've sent me some links to Link Between Worlds uh, soundtrack and... That's on another level.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But all of these are good. Like, I went to Tata Heights, and I'm like, I really hope this isn't just, like, a straight orchestration of Tata Heights, and it's a very, like, flamenco-inspired, like, guitars and castanets number, and it really works for the song. Yes. (laughs) Which is good, because it's, you know, one of the best songs in all of Zelda. (laughs) It is. uh, Fighting
2: for the one and two spot in the best overworld theme for Zelda. I think it's the best. I don't know. I go between that and uh, Dark World from the past. I think I would go Dark World, but it is close. Those are the two for me, so far, at least.
1: Mm-hmm. Um Dark I think... great. That's I all yeah, I got. <laughs> no,
2: I agree. Uh, I think... though I guess I want to ask, what do people think of like the way the ending's handled in this? Because I think that the ending is the part that suffers most in being on the Switch and not being on a Game Boy. Specifically in terms of the way the final cutscene plays and it goes through everyone and, like... First of all you see the Windfish and it's just like a model of the Windfish. And second of all the final cutscene plays and you see all of the characters like doing the same animations and fading out of existence. Uh but the Game Boy version is, like, identical. It's just the animations and they fade out of existence. But the noise is Game Boy music, and it sounds like it's both, like, sad and scary. As it Like, it feels like you're watching a world end in the Game Boy version, and it feels like you're watching things fade to white in the new version. It just doesn't have the unsettling and emotional feel of the first version. Maybe that's just me projecting, because it's how I played it first.
0: But um, that's definitely the, the reaction I had. The thing for me is that when the windfish appears at the very end, in the Game Boy version... The sprite is, like, so different to everything else you see and is so, like, highly detailed and it has a bunch of, like, decorative designs on it. Like, the windfish is basically like a mandala whale, and it's really interesting in that design aspect. But in the original game, to me, it was, like, it was meant to be, like, unknowable and massive, like, beyond comparison. Like, it was hard to get a handle on, like, what it is, like, when Link encounters it. And when it appears at the end of this game... It looks like it's about like thirty feet long, and it's a whale, and it has some colors on it, and that's like yes. it's still the same design, but there isn't the like when Link stands on that platform in the void, and the windfish appears. To me, like the implication was always that like that thing could be. Seventeen miles away, you don 't know how big it is, and in this it just appears in front of him and it, the thing that's really interesting about it is in the cut scene, like the animated cut scene at the end, I think it recaptures that sense of like weirdness around the windfish when it flies overhead and blots out the entire sun and yes. goes up into the sky, and it does again feel like an unknowable thing um and part of that is like the reduction of the art style to like the little toy figures and the cozy houses I think is really good for almost the entire game. Uh, But I do think that, like, smallness ends up hurting the part where the game goes weird at the very end. And it just does, the hard style doesn't hold up that edge of end of it. But it's such a little thing. I think the rest of the game is so charming that I don't mind that being the choice. But when the game was first appeared, I'm like, this stuff's really cute. But how are they going to do the part where the game ends with a giant face telling you the world's going to end and they don't want that. (laughs) And then meet a giant and noble fish creature. uh yeah
2: and the answer is not great, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's fine, like it's still one of the best games, yeah, Because, um, yeah I definitely thought like when you like ride that staircase at the at the end of the first game, uh you're just like entering into just th- this complete unknowable void mm-hmm. uh. And the staircase doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like a real staircase, but, like, it's modeled out, and you see, okay, that's what the staircase looks like, that's what the platform looks like, that's where the, uh, you know, the light source is and everything. Uh, Whereas in the original game, just
0: you follow the path that goes all the way up into, like, weird blackness, and a massive fish appears. Uh, I do like the change to the inside of the windfish's egg. I think it looks much better designed. Mm -hmm.
2: That Um, part's fine.
0: Because the original version is very bare. It's just like a like flat-walled dungeon, which has its place, but I don't think they're going for, like, you know... The end of Final Fantasy thirteen. you end up in the hospital hall, right? And the, the jarring, like, the sterility is part of the appeal, and I don't think that was necessarily yes. always the... That was not what they meant the inside of the Windfish to be, it just ended up being what it was.
2: No, especially when you see the Windfish and it's this. like. Yes. They're going for this, not for the end of Final Fantasy XIII. 15- That's right. We're comparing Link's Awakening to the end of Final Fantasy XIII. Look. It's
1: that influential. It is. Uh, um, no,
2: I, I I agree. We're both on this bullshit.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: the other thing is, I really want a Zelda game that is pulling from the style of the cutscenes at the beginning and end. I know! It looks so good.
1: Yeah. The the cutscene is unscopable. Did you know that? Like They no. make you watch it in that game uh, compared to the originals. It was an interesting choice. And I was like, I replicated it. And I was like, wow, this is cool. Huh. They really want you to see that uh, animation.
0: Uh, I guess that makes sense, but uh, you know, if I play this again, I probably don't. I'm just gonna be like, man, you should remake Zelda 2 and make it look like this.
2: Um, They, sh- they really should remake Zelda 2.
0: Yeah, if you can make it a game, people could like actually play. Um, it'd be good because it's a really good game. It's just way too hard and obtuse. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Zelda Two Defense Squad. That's me. I mean, well, I like I know it. I don't, th- I don't have any other story thoughts. Um, no, it's just it's it's night the. Th- I like when Zelda games aren't beholden to like the Triforce lore, and I wish there was more of that. Like I like I like Breath of the Wild a lot. The part where the like all the Zelda game all the 3D Zelda games except for Majora's Mask intercept intersect with Triforce lore is really disappointing to me. Like I don't really care about Ganon, I don't care that we're fated to do this forever, whatever version of the Zelda idea you want. Um it's just not it's just not interesting to me. <laughs> Uh, well,
2: they've got multiple books
0: to sell you, and people I will buy them. <laughs> I know, but I just want Link to go on new weird adventures that have nothing to do with that stuff. And that's true. And there's, there's not that many of those. Um, they already fucked up by calling the series Zelda. Well, look, you can make a game about Zelda, I don't care. Just, Zelda also should be freed from Triforce lore. <laughs> oh, no, I agree, but like, it's clear that when Nintendo thinks of Zelda, they think about rescuing
2: Zelda as like yes. the core of the series, because mm-hmm. that's what they named it after. Uh Whereas it should just be characters having weird adventures. Because I'm I'm very excited for Majora's Mask. It's the one I'm most excited for, and that I know it's similar to this in terms of, like, I don't know how similar it is in, like, actual execution, but definitely in conceptual terms of taking characters and elements from uh, Ocarina of Time, whereas this is, like, the past, and remixing them in interesting and often melancholy ways uh, is something I'm very excited for.
0: Yeah, Majora's definitely has, like, the melancholy thematic material. The game that's going to be most like this that I think you're going to love is Minish Cap, which is a fantastic video game.
2: Yeah, that's the one I'm actually most excited for. Secretly <laughs> most excited for the Capcom GBA game.
0: Yeah. Uh, which is this, but they they knew that they had to make it run faster because the problem with the Oracle games is that even compared to Link's Awakening, they are slow uh, and kind of ponderous, and Minish Cap is not that. Minish Cap is a very breezy game.
2: Yeah, because the more you add to Link's Awakening on the Game Boy engine, the more it's just going to fall apart. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um but otherwise like this game's still really good i think it ha- it has my favorite single zelda dungeon in it uh, yes. which is was... Dungeon 7 Eagle's Tower which is uh, infamous for being hard and difficult and that's true that's why I like it
1: <laughs> because as someone
0: who's been growing up playing Zelda games I find that 2D Zelda dungeons are often a little too simplistic and the thing that the 3D Zelda dungeons have that I think is really good is usually there's a overarching puzzle that the entire dungeon's built around and individual puzzle rooms are going to help you like solve the big dungeon puzzle. The famous one obviously is the water temple with the rising and falling water and figuring that out so you can get to where you need to go um there's many more in the future that i don't want to spoil for jackson because the gimmicks are all very good um And this puzzle you go into this big tower and you go and you see a bunch of places that are just like a floor higher than you can get to and you're like i don't know how to get up to that uh and this floor is like weirdly incomplete there's a huge bunch of huge gaps and then you pick up this giant ball and the giant ball doesn't do much other than like maybe damage enemies other than these four giant pillars that your bombs can't affect but if you throw the ball into the pillar it cracks and chatters and getting the ball around the floor to destroy all four pillars is very difficult uh, and the big puzzle of the dungeon but once you do that the floor above collapses squishing the two floors together allowing you to access the top levels and finally the boss and the exploration of that space and the realizing what you're doing in the level is just like such a perfect like aha moment and then after you do that you're like well shit how am I supposed to even do that now and the overcoming that task even after you know how to do it uh revealing like the intricacies of the planning is really good i i don't think they've ever made a dungeon as good as this since um yeah i would
2: agree um i don't know about the feature stuff but i do think that the there's there's
0: one in majora's mask i think is on this level okay well i'm very excited for that then yeah (laughs) because
2: uh it's definitely very hard and the game up until this point is you know kind of a baby game
0: uh, I, I, think I think that's fair to say I mean it's literally a game for children like this yes. is a game uh, for children the thing, more the thing than I the think is interesting games. about this is I think the dungeons have a really good power arc in terms of difficulty because like the face shrine is hard in terms of like I think figuring out the layout and puzzle can be very difficult especially if you pick you go the wrong way or whatever um, I think the combat gets harder in relatively interesting ways throughout the game um, there's enough anime variety where like you know, eventually you're fighting the the Dongos, but it's in an in, like a very narrow space. We have to throw bombs down at them, and that's really cool. Yes, uh, and the the face drain, I definitely struggled with the first time,
2: but I breathed through it this time. I didn't remember like solutions to puzzles, but I just think my literacy and understanding of this kind of game has gone up enough that I could just breathe through the majority of this game.
0: Well, yeah, we we play a video game every month and a half for six years. You you get good at them eventually. (laughs) Yeah, you do.
1: (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Did y'all have any trouble with the uh, second dungeon? Which one's that? The Swamp Dungeon.
2: I don't think so.
0: The Swamp Dungeon for me is burned into my brain because every time I have a friend play this game, they get stuck on the room where you have to kill the enemies in order. So I just give them yes, the, the solution to how I mean, to kill the enemies in order. M,
1: that happened to me in my childhood. I spent three years on that room, no lie. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, uh, that happened again this time. And I remembered that you had to kill them in order, but I just apparently did it all of the wrong orders multiple times I forgot to do the right order even though I thought I was just trying them over and I was like okay I have to I know I, I know I have to check the owl statue because the owl statue tells you the order but I don't know the names of the enemies because I haven't played Zelda past this point where they put the names on screen. <laughs>
0: The funny thing for me is because I've played this game so many times, I often just kind of ended up completing the dungeons without ever getting the beaks. Just kind of mainlining through the dungeon and solving all the puzzles as soon as they're presented to you, which is very funny and not intentional. But I definitely didn't 100% every map in every dungeon just because I knew enough where to go, which is a weird experience.
2: Absolutely. Um, I ended up mostly getting through the the dungeons. But there was definitely a few rooms I didn't go into because I just... The, the route I happened to pick was just quicker to the exit and I wasn't going to back like go back into the dungeon after I was done uh, but I did try to explore most of the routes um, but yeah the, the, the parts where I got stuck uh, were the same parts I got stuck playing at the first time and each time I remembered being stuck before <laughs> and it was that room and it was uh, looking for the when you have to go to the animal village for the first time and you have to cross the river but you don't have the hookshot yet and there is a the way to get across is a single downward staircase hidden behind a bush you have to cut, uh, and I I could never do that. I've both times had to be told where that bush is. Um, but it ended up being mostly okay because in both times I was mostly breathing through the story. But at the point where I like get stuck, then you just start exp- poking at the world. Um and poking at the world with all the like new tools you have since the last time you get stuck. And mostly that's really rewarding, because most screens have things in them. And so being stuck isn't the worst thing in the world in this game, because you get a lot of things while you are poking at the world. And I, I think that that's just smart and interesting and good.
1: Yeah, I I really enjoyed the uh, dungeon um, with the uh, hook. The guy who steals your hook shot. Like I really like the idea of oh, you're supposed to get this hook shot, but the chest is empty, and this skeleton guy becomes like your rival for like a um, a thirty minute to hour session, however long the dungeon takes. That's probably cons- yes uh, fast. I don't know, but I really liked him a lot.
2: That is a really good dungeon gimmick. I think the dungeons in this game are mostly really good because. Uh, yeah, they're not like super hard, but they are very fun to go through. Uh, the puzzles aren't like super confusing until you get to Eagles Tower, and it's like, okay, display your Zelda prowess. Like you've come to this game now, you need to really think about the execution of this space. Think about what, like, don't not just think about okay, to go to this room after this room, but think about which rooms relate to others in which order, uh, which is above each room, where can you drop from, where can you throw the ball to. Uh, And it's just a very good culmination of, like, this is what the game's been about. This is what it's always been about. It's always been about understanding the space
0: more than it has been about your powers. Uh, That ends up being the thing that defines the 3D Zeldas, is understanding the geography of multiple rooms in contrast with each other. So I'm really excited for you to get to them. I know that your experience with Ocarina of Time was not... that That game's very slow. I understand. I
1: would just skip to Majora's Mask. I can't, I, I can't, I mean. Uh, yeah, that's true.
2: Also, I feel like that would be, like, it's a very important game, be like, I'm just not going to watch Godfather Part 1 or something, you know, like, <laughs> like I mean, I also haven't seen The Godfather Things, so whatever. Uh, Ocarina of Time does insist upon itself, though. Oh, God. <laughs>
0: Sorry, that was a whole 30 seconds of audio there. Um... But yeah, uh, for me, it, that ends up being more interesting to me than you know, like the eighth dungeon is just like a Zelda one style battle dungeon, and it's it's cool. Yes, um, but that's what it is, uh, and that's just not what I come to Zelda for as much. I want the big sure. puzzle. Yeah,
2: like because I play this and I think, why is Eagles Tower not the final dungeon? It's clearly the combination of like the ethos of this game, but then Dungeon Eight is also that. If you are about the other style of Zelda games. <laughs>
0: Uh, Two wolves sorry, battle uh, inside Link. One is Wolf Link. <laughs> 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 well, the other is Link. that
2: joke, <laughs> Bunny Link. Um, man,
0: Bunny Link's creepy. Bunny I Link's cool. Know- I wish Bunny Link was in more things. I, I didn't know
2: when I first played Link to the Past that you were about to turn to a bunny and go to a weird dark world. Yes. <laughs> it's so fucking weird and unsettling, because it's, like, that game has so far been, like, an actual kids' game for children. Yes. Uh, it's, like, so nice, and here's an adventure, and here's the nice world, and just having known Zelda for, like, only by osmosis, because I never had a Nintendo console. Like, that's all what I knew it as. I knew it as the Zelda theme, I knew it as Link, and, you know, you run through the things, and it's all grass and cool. But, uh... So, I really got hit by.
0: Now the you're first a bunny you on mortar briefly for like 30 seconds. If
2: and then know you where get to the go. thing. And you, yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But then you get the thing and you figure it out and it's like it's never that threatening again in that game. But no. it's definitely a very unsettling, cool
0: moment. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know if I have anything else about Link's Awakening other than it's very good and I'll continue to keep playing it forever.
1: The <laughs> <laughs> same. Can I say something sad? i really hate that they nerfed the fire rod it's the best weapon in the game boy game you just run around with your power fantasy murder stuff and it's just i don't know it's just i don't know whatever they changed to it i mean i could i don't remember right now but i was disappointed so r.i.p what is the rod actually called uh (laughs) the fire magic rod maybe i think it might just be magic rod yeah I it's, just called it fire, fire rod.
0: rod in link to link to the past because there's three rods. Okay, this
2: this this does not elucidate. Uh, I searched magic rods only mentioned once in this change list, so I it don't definitely know doesn't feel as
0: powerful because it. it was like a one hit KO at the, the when you get it in the original. For me, okay, I remember it that being makes very sense. powerful in that way. It also shoots a beam, and I didn't bother getting the upgraded sword, so I wasn't shooting beams anywhere. <laughs> yeah i
2: i do like the sword that can shoot beams because that's like defining to zelda one to me um so getting that here is is cool but it's no. not a I, I didn't end up getting it in this version i got it on the yeah. game boy but not here Ah, uh, is that everything then That's everything for me unless uh, cassie's anything more to say
1: I mean, um, I don't think so. I think that's everything. Oh, I really like um, the animation for Link swinging overhead when he does an attack in midair jump. That's yeah, a pretty it's really nice cool. small touch. I don't know. Yes. I think that's everything I have to say, except for, I don't know, good game. GG. Good game.
0: G- <laughs> yep, GG. <laughs> <laughs> questions if you want to send in questions about any games we're covering or any games in general honestly you can send in a podcast at normmapping.com and we'll cover them in the next episode Uh, we have two questions this month the first one's from Faye Uh, one question but it's very important assuming it doesn't come up and it didn't did either of y'all or I guess all three of us did any of us steal from the shop I made a point to steal from the shop
1: I I didn't like I was poking holes at everything like I tried everything out on the old like you can do in the old game They don't let you burn the dog anymore with a uh, magic power pet powder what? Yeah, they don't let you do that anymore, but um, yeah, I didn't do that
0: um it works about about the same the thing this changes i think it's way harder to steal uh just (laughs) a part of that is the like the controls aren't as solid as using a d-pad i feel like but uh i just felt like getting around the shopkeeper was way harder uh but uh, yeah I'm, i'm never gonna save it for that bow i'm not interested i'm gonna steal that bow as soon as possible i totally save up for the
2: bow um I had enough money, and I didn't steal anything. And I had like 12,
1: 100
0: rupees by the Yeah, end they the give you a lot of rupees in this game.
1: <laughs>
2: and they take away the 999 limit,
0: so you can just yep. get rupees forever. Yeah. Thank
1: goodness for that.
0: Yeah, and then we have one question from Jen that I have not read through yet. So, uh, let's see. Uh, this is Jen's first Zelda game, something uh, that she wanted to complete for years. Played it on the Game Boy Pocket as a child. The brief window where Game Boy Pockets were a thing. I've never actually seen one in person before. Um, because Game Boy Color came out so fast afterwards. Um, uh, either too young or in, uh, in Curious to progress very far from what I remember. I couldn't even get past the forest into the first dungeon. Uh, that's because you have to read some stuff and put things together. <laughs> <laughs> 'Cause I was also young enough where that part of the game was like I when I felt when I figured it out I felt very clever. Um I think about the idle thumbs email about
2: about the person who never even left Taran's hut. Oh really? Oh, because they didn't realize there was a door. They didn't realize there was a door, so they were just kind of like picking up pots and they thought that was the game. Amazing.
0: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um as happy as I am that I finally said to the end, there's something bittersweet about closing the book on a story that remained open for decades of my life. While playing, I could easily check a guide wherever I got lost, and now that I knew the rhythm of Zelda games, uh, there was something about uh, May Village and the entire village that felt smaller, or the entire island that felt smaller to me. The full game was undoubtedly a treat, but it left me feeling strange about seeing the boundaries of such a fantastical world years after the fact. My question to you, is there a childhood game you returned to where your increased experience with games as a medium made the whole thing feel smaller slash less special? Did your memories of it hold up?
2: I'm trying to think here. I don't have really Jackson, a good answer.
0: Did your memories yes. of Tony Hawk Four hold up?
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, Tony Hawk's still fucking incredible. What do you want from me? <laughs> no, Tony is no. Four's the worst one, but um it's 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 great. Uh, <laughs> like,
0: yeah, I I just make fun because your framework for this is like right. Xbox games, which is so different than like anything that your cast are going to answer here. Halo still holds up. Uh, um, I'll find like, out in a couple like months. The cl- Phil, uh,
2: the, clo- <laughs> <laughs> the closest one I guess is Ninja Gaiden, and I still play that all the time, um, yeah, despite it being bad. I don't know. It's shut weird. up. You're <laughs> 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 wrong. The game's great, but like, yeah, I I don't have these. Like, my experience is playing Final Fantasy Seven uh, in 2014 for the first
0: time and still thinking it was a masterpiece. So you know, like, the game I think that's this has hit the hardest for me with. Is Mario, Super Mario Brothers three, which is a game that I really liked as a kid, and I don't think it's very good anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I think it has like a lot of levels because they were trying very hard to put a lot of levels in it, but all those levels are either really short or really bad or both. <laughs> um, and I just I just don't feel a lot of affection for it. When you replayed it way back when I revisited it, and I, every time I revisit it now, I'm just like I don't like this game at all, uh, and that's a shame. Uh, i really adored that game as a kid uh, mario 2 was always my favorite but uh i like three a lot and i don't anymore
2: yeah i know three from the, from the three defenders and the, like that's a, the best game ever for some people uh the argument i always hear is that it's like really weird and there's a whole bunch of secrets and it's just a game to poke at the edges at forever and they just destroyed all the mystery by putting tutorials in uh, in Mario World and it's for babies now is usually which, the argument. Which I is hear. fair
0: cuz I feel that way about th- Super Mario 3D Land uh, but <laughs> uh, for some uh, the things I want of 2D and 3D Mario are very different and I just don't yes. I, I don't like hunting around especially when it gets like pipe world it's just hard and obtuse oh. uh, I just oh, do like pipe that. world. <laughs> um, the thing about the thing about Link's awakening for me is that I always knew it was going to feel small unless they radically remade the game because playing it a bunch of times, it is a real small game. Like it, if I was dedicated, I could beat this game in an afternoon, and that would not be super difficult. Uh, and that's been true most of my life, and th- that's fine. uh Part of that is just being a Game Boy game, right? uh I don't think. I, I also don't think like if they had like really remade it and expanded the game, you would have a better game out of it.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely not. I've, no, uh, its quality is because it's so small and precise, and every screen has something on it. Yeah uh it's like integral to the game i don't think it would I I, I I wasn't surprised coming back to this it felt like exactly how i remember it from three years ago yeah <laughs> like it was fine uh cassie what is your answer to this
1: um could you repeat the question i kind of got lost in what you were saying in oh if there's any game an that answer. you
0: revisited and the revisiting a game from your childhood made you. Feel like it was like a smaller game or less special or it, if there's one in particular like this actually held up way better than i thought
1: um i think this game still holds up uh as f- i don't know if this counts as my childhood but i don't think sonic adventure 2 holds up
2: mm. i'm going to fight you
1: no 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 wait hold on i'm thinking sonic adventure 1 that's right because the adventure zones suck kind of Sonic okay. Adventure 1, I, I don't, I've never liked Sonic Adventure 1, uh, but I love <laughs> 2, so. Oh, <laughs> I was a teenager with a Dreamcast. I, I I devoured it, it was my curse.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, Sonic Adventure 2, greatest game
0: I've made. Unlike <laughs> everyone else who hates on Sonic Adventure 1, though, I have 100%ed it, so.
2: That's true, I enjoyed <laughs> Sonic Adventure, right up until the point where I had to play as uh, Big the Cat, and then I didn't play any more Sonic Adventure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a shame because you you missed the final stages, which were pretty cool.
2: Yeah, the Omega stages seem far. The Gamma actually. Which one's yeah.
0: Okay, I don't. I remember. know that the, I never. He's remember.
2: a. He might be a Mega in Sonic Hero. It's, it's e- a robot.
1: Gamma, I believe. Okay,
2: okay. so uh, I remember it, him as a Mega, and Sonic Heroes was the one I played. So, so I assume how that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, man, Sonic Adventure two, one of the best surprises from this year. What a ridiculous game.
0: Uh I knew you'd enjoy it cuz it's good. Um and it, it's it's goofy in exactly the ways we like games to be goofy. Uh, Chaos control. Yeah. Anyway, um yeah, I that's fair. Uh, interestingly, like there's games from my childhood that like I didn't appreciate at the time that have like held up really well. Like as a kid, I played a little bit of Doom, thought Doom was bad. Uh, play like I didn't like action games very much, so I didn't play very many of those, and I've come back to them and really enjoyed them. Like as a kid, I thought Mega Man was dumb, and then I played wow. all that in my like late teens, early twenties, and really love Mega Man. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't. Unfortunately, I don't really have anything like this. I remember thinking uh, Castlevania 2 was too scary to play. <laughs> how times change yeah um you know you have a you're you're a kid with an nes and you run into all sorts of weird games that you you're like i rented this i don't know i haven't played it before and then sometimes it's obtuse or sometimes it's weird and you know you have all sorts of adventures um but that's it for questions again podcast abnormal mapping.com Next month is our end of the year celebration, so we're not going to be playing a video game. Uh, I don't know what we're going to be doing yet, but please look forward to it when we figure out what that is. <laughs>
2: yeah, normally we do a whole bunch of music and game of the year stuff, but it's been a real weird year. So we will put out a podcast. We don't know what it is. Please enjoy it. Have you no. thought
1: about doing the game of the decade thing that a lot of people are doing?
0: Yes, Absolutely but, uh, not. Uh, <laughs> I, I have thought about this, but uh, we would do it mid next year.
1: That's fair. It, yes
2: um i've also thought about this I, I i thought about it and yeah what i don't know i
0: the game of the deck has final Fantasy seven so I, I don't know like yeah <laughs> uh, also jackson's been ruined by doing this podcast i would have a top 10 list it'd be pretty easy to put together yes but um yeah killer seven I, games anyway. with seven in the title <laughs> uh we'll do something we'll figure it out and then january episode 100 we're not doing halo because phil has disappointed us for the final time Uh, we'll do halo when it's out assuming it's out after january if it's out before january we're still not going to do it because we have another game abnormal mapping episode 100 jackson what are we playing uh we're playing
2: halo combat evolved i'm summoning it into existence
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're not (laughs) if
2: i say it if if it must happen then (laughs) jackson what are we playing Uh, we are playing outer wilds yeah. I think, yes. Yes, you said the right one. You <laughs> said the right one. Uh, we are playing the Adam Wilds game. That, that is the one that is not Obsidian.
0: Yeah, um, you can get that on PC, on modern consoles, you know, uh, PS4, Xbox One. I don't think it's on Switch. Probably not. Um,
2: it is not on Switch, but it is part of the Xbox Game Pass, and I okay. would be remiss That's an not to easy, that. cheap
0: way to play it if you don't already own it. Um, yes excited to be playing a newer game we don't normally do that but you know special occasion and i wanted an excuse to play the video game because uh it's hard to muster the time sometimes um so look forward to that i'm looking forward to it because uh as much as everyone was like play armored core i'm sorry to everyone that was not just dylan but i'm gonna pick on dylan here because dylan understand (laughs) i don't want to play a mech game ever again
2: (laughs) There's really only one conversation we can have about mech games, and we've now had it
0: twice. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I don't want to do it again. I understand that we're seen as the mech people now, but the reality is I'd like to be seen as the mech people less. (laughs) we have a podcast where
2: that will go because otherwise we would just go this isn't as good as gundam for every single mech thing we play uh so you know we just just don't want to be like about that life we'll be playing the mech games just not for the podcast
0: yeah um so that's it uh we'll see you next month for whatever that is it is time for plugs cassie you were uh helpful enough to support us and be on this episode where can people find you or your work
1: um my twitter handle if people want to see me just retweet all day is at buzz sunflower and i think i have a band camp at sunflower designs dot yeah uh, cool.
0: your music is very good and chill i like it a lot yes
1: oh thanks that means a lot to me
0: um i was listening to some of it just like two nights ago so
1: uh jackson
0: where can people find you uh, people can find me at HeadfallsOff on Twitter dot com,
2: and we have a whole bunch of other podcasts which you can find at AbnormalMapping.com dot com. There's a whole bunch that we're doing. It. We, we uh, just did another episode of Repertory Screenings yesterday. That's at dot Also on you know the 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 podcast page. Uh, that will have uh, been out this Monday. Uh, this will be coming yeah. out on Friday, as abnormal mappings do. And um, that's a good film
0: podcast. I like talking about film. Yeah. Film good. Uh, you can find Patreon. me. Uh, Yes, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. Uh, You can find all the podcasts, of course, at normalmapping.com. But if you want me and my friend Autumn talking about Ghibli movies, you can go to the website and go to And Then An Aeroplane, where we're doing that uh, every three weeks. Uh, Our episode on Kiki's Delivery Service went up last week. Our episode on Only Yesterday will be coming up uh, the Monday after this episode goes live. So please look forward to that um and if you want to support us uh keep the lights on roof overhead you can do that at patreon.com slash abnormal mapping for one dollar a month you get the great gundam project which is the thing we're known for i guess at this point is where we talk through gundam two episodes a week every week every wednesday um and gundam is a whole adventure and we watch a bunch of other mech anime also uh at higher tiers you get writing uh, jackson's going to be writing about death stranding in great length at some point soon um hopefully in the next few days and it finally get uh, out of the you know yeah as so long as i write about uh gaming usually these days it's probably gonna be mostly movies for the rest of the year but um other than that uh you know look forward to uh, all the things we put out we put out a lot of it um i think that's everything let's get Was out that of here. all the tears yeah, I mean, you know, there's the big okay. one, but people, I don't want people telling us to play video games. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last one. You're, you get in and no one else does. Oh, windows thank closed. goodness.
1: Oh, I should have done an um, Amory script, so dang closed, it.
0: But <laughs> we, we might be rethinking that one in, a, in the beginning of the year. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Oh, yeah.
2: We, we might be looking at the Patreon team soon, but yeah. Anyway, uh, podcast done. Yeah, video games. You play them. You do do that. Goodbye. I'm going to go eat some dinner. Have fun. 夢よ願う